What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Troll Bro Dude, and today I am excited to talk about our partners, Underdog Fantasy, the best and newest place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. So today on Underdog, use my promo code SLOP, S-L-O-P, or use the link in the description, and you can get a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up for Underdog. Once you're signed up, you can play against me in fantasy drafts. We've been doing them every week of the NBA season. They're a lot of fun. We've been doing them with You Know Ball listeners. And when you're on there, basically what you do is you do a six-player classic snake draft. Whoever scores the most points on any given night walks away with the money at the end of the night. They're a ton of fun. We're going to keep doing them throughout the NBA season. And Underdog is the only place that offers nightly draft contests for the NBA. And if that is not your thing, they also offer pick them. So if you're feeling like you're in a good mood, you can choose higher on some players' points, assists, and rebound. And if you're feeling like a hater like we were on this episode and you see Rudy Gobert on there and you want to go lower on his points, assists, and, and rebounds, you can walk away with up to 20 times your money on any given night on Underdog. So promo code SLOP, compete against me, do the pick them. It's a ton of fun. We're going to be doing it throughout the NBA season. We're going to be doing a lot of collaboration with them throughout this season. So please sign up today if you have not already. I would really appreciate it and would really support me. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, promo code SLOP. Um, that is now my legal name. I have changed it with the government. Mm-hmm. And I have my co-host here, Sam Sheehan who's feeling very normal and very regular. Yeah. I feel great. I feel great. I definitely haven't been bedridden for two days. It's not, you know, if you're like a, a, a woman, um, you know, somewhere between the ages of, you know, 28 and 37, who was uh, single and where I was like, wow, uh, I hate being single. I wish there was a, like a sick man. I could take care of. <laughs> You know, you feel free to DM the show. You, I will not, I will not talk to you unless you are a subscriber, a Patreon subscriber. However, though, so promo code yeah. slot. Yeah. Yes. I dating pool. That's the first thing I ask on Hinge. As I say, do you subscribe to the Unoval Paul Patreon? And they say, what is that? Blocked. Yeah. Blocked immediately. Yeah. Love it. So sign up for the Patreon uh-huh. promo code slot. Then you can date Sam and take care of him when he's right. feeling extremely ill. And honestly, like we we're thinking about rolling out like a bachelor style competition, and only hogs donating at a tier of like fifty percent or like fifty dollars or more will get into the bachelor, you know, this date Sam Sheehan house uh, bachelor thing. So, well, I'm probably gonna lose us patrons with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Reads is more of a threat than a. <laughs> Let's go. But uh, Let's go. Underdog, please sponsor and buy us uh, a mansion so we can <laughs> live out live out Sam's dreams. I was gonna say Chris Hansen. That is absolutely not his name. That's that's the, the <laughs> oh guy. god. What's his, what's his real name? No, what's the guy on the back? The, what's his name? Chris. He got canceled. Chris Harrison or something. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, did yeah. Chris Harrison get canceled too. Yeah. Uh, he. Yeah. He. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. No. He, he. He got canceled for much less less bad things than that. Yeah. Might have to edit out this part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sick. I have less of a, I have less control of my filter than I usually do. It's okay. It's fine. It's oh, fine. Right. We'll allow it. We're good. We're good. All right. We'll, <laughs> we will allow... now I'm coughing already to start. Um, speaking of sick, speaking of mm-hmm. ill in the head, speaking yeah. of immorally wrong, speaking of Terrible things. Let's talk about Rudy Gobert for a little bit. Oh. Our boy. 
who who we we've touched on the past few episodes mm-hmm. talking a little bit about the nightmare that is the the Minnesota Timberwolves and I've heard a lot of people say you know oh my god this is exactly like the 2019-2026ers they went out and they got a guy who doesn't fit mm-hmm. with their best players uh it's it's not going to work it's terrible believe me it's it's way worse than that yeah. it's way worse than that not good that's not good because the situation that they're in, the major difference to me is as much as obviously the Sixers getting rid of Jimmy Butler was stupid and they should have never done it, they got two players that they, one, they acquired through free agency, so they didn't have to give up anything to get Al Horford. Mm-hmm. And two, they got Josh Richardson and they were able to turn him into Seth Curry pretty quickly. So what the Minnesota Timberwolves have done is and I'm I'm mad because I wish I went harder on it at the time and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode where you kind of said the same thing you're like I've always hated Rudy I've yeah. always thought he was overrated yeah. I wish that we stuck to our guns and as yeah. Timberwolves people are saying now as we've learned from watching them he was a spread pick and roll merchant where yeah. he was able to be the play finisher in Utah he was able to have a they came up with terms even to explain his offensive impact with screen assists and and made up bullshit yeah they constantly surrounded him with offensive talent that made him look like a passable player on offense he looks completely lost on offense right now and also their defense is still it's actually worse than it was last year to start the year so we're 10 15 games into the season And they are actually 18th overall in defense. They were 12th last year in defense. So everything that they sought out to do with this trade has been a failure. I mean, you have Carl Anthony Towns not looking like himself. You have Anthony Edwards uh, complaining about having no space to go to the rim because he he wants to be able to drive and dunk and whatever. You have D'Angelo Russell falling off a cliff. And now... You're basically stuck with this roster unless you make a massive, massive move. So they're they're just kind of like, this is kind of it. Like if they don't turn it around and figure something out, this is their team for the foreseeable future. It's it's not good. Uh, well, um, you know, I mean, well, like you can look at the outside at least like, you know, you can still make a lot of like draft moves. Like you, you attach some picks to kind of, you know, adjust your fortunes a little bit. Oh, wait, you literally cannot. <laughs> literally everything. Um, everything. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, the thing that sucks about this for me is because while I, dancing on Rudy Gobert's grave is always mwah, delightful, but 10 of 10, can't recommend it enough. It, it does suck because Wolves fans, I think, deserve better than this. And I, sure. I, you know, as much as like Carl Anthony Towns gets shit, um, I think he's a fun player still. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like it's. I, I get why it's fun to clown him, and I get that he's like not like put on in like the playoffs in this way. But like, I just don't think. I mean, everyone shares a little bit of responsibility for how badly this is going. But I mean, the X factor here is Rudy Gobert. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry. Like, I they, they were pretty good last year and gave the. Grizzlies a lot of shit like in the first round like they were uh, even with cat going doo-doo mode it, it <laughs> pretty good like I so I, I don't know I'm it's a bummer man I, I I'm really I'm really bummed out on behalf of 
Wolves fans, I think, you know, the thing that sucks about this is it's just going to be like impossible to pivot, you know, Rudy. I wonder if, well, you honestly, you obviously just can't do it either. Like this is what, this is Tim Conley's first season. Is So that's the thing. Tim yes. Conley, they, as as someone pointed out on Twitter, they tweeted at me. They said they move heaven and earth to go get Tim Conley, including giving him an ownership stake in the team. Yeah. He is a part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a very small fraction, but he, not a lot of GMs have that. It's like I'm pretty sure there's only like the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Masai Ujiri, maybe Pat Riley. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm honestly not sure, but that is kind of unheard of to give a guy equity in the company. When he gets hired, he gets equity in the company and immediately locks them into this team for the foreseeable future. Because I was thinking about it the other day and kind of the thing that you were joking about was, okay, well, at least they have the D-Lo expiring, right? Like, yeah, you can move the D-Lo expiring, but with what? Like, unless you're willing to take on long-term money, are you trading it to the Knicks for like, Evan Fournier and Derek Rose, or are you trading it to a team that has money that they just don't want? That's a little bit longer term that you can alleviate that and maybe get back a rotation player that fits better. But I, I, I just don't really see you don't have any, they have two first round picks for basically the next decade. They can't trade either one due to the Stepien rule. They have, a young player in Jaden McDaniels who they could potentially attach to D'Angelo Russell, but then that makes you even thinner because that's two of your starters. Yeah. It's I'm I just don't see a way out unless they go and they move D'Lo and they get back some not terrible money, but like it's a little bit longer term and like maybe it's just like some team wants to get off a deal, like a Duncan Robinson type deal. I, I just think they're too fucked. Like they're too fucked. You know what I'm saying? And, and the fact that it's Conley's first thing, like this is this is like a way extreme version of the same thing we were talking about with the Warriors last week. Where I, I think management at a certain point not going to, they're not going to surrender immediately on this. You know what I'm saying? They probably should, um, but they're probably just going to tough this out. Um, sure. So I, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. But man, I, I'd be calling like the Nets right now and being like. Hey, Ben Simmons looks awful. Can I interest you in Rudy Gobert and like maybe a pick or two? Like they won't, but like that's like the kind of shit I'd be thinking about. Cause like there's like, no way. Okay, so here's the thing. As bad as the Rudy situation is going right now, you would imagine that it levels out a little bit. Like, I don't think that they're gonna be out of the play-in bad. Like, I think they'll probably still be in that play-in range. And until last night, Ben Simmons didn't even look like like a starter level NBA player. Like he was, re- he's been really bad. And then he had one good game in a blowout versus the the Kings, which is kind of oh, poetic. Hold on, wasn't his good game too? Like eleven points? Is that what eleven? Like a good yeah. one. Like that's yeah. A- yeah. He had he, all right. So his final stats were eleven five and three in twenty minutes. And then and then immediately this morning, an article comes out. From Shams. By the way, did you read the Shams article? I can't. I can't make okay. it. Yep. I can't. Okay. So it's funny because usually when you read these Woj or Sham articles, they're like 
okay, here's what the team is feeling and thinking about this player. They're frustrated with player X. Of course, the the Nets are accustomed to this because the Nets have this happen like all the time. But because Ben Simmons is clutch, they literally like wrote this whole thing about the team being frustrated and then had quotes from Ben Simmons in the article defending himself against, (laughs) against the frustration from his own organization. I was like, this is some weird dystopian shit that I have never seen before. I just don't think. So here's the thing, though. When I say Ben Simmons, that's like a it's a little bit of hyperbole. But like, I really think those are the only type of deals you can't do where you're swapping for someone else's problem. Like, that's like the only type of deal you're going to get right now. And who knows? You know, I I see it. and I think, holy shit, this is bad. You're going to alienate your young star. You're going to like make cat. Well, because that's the only other option right here. The only other nuclear button here is trading cat. Um which I guess is on the table, but I just, I don't know. Are you getting, I feel like you're not going to be getting full value. And I trust Cat a lot more to bounce back and be good than I do, what, 32-year-old Rudy Gobert, 31-year-old Rudy Gobert, however old he is. 31, yeah. And you just super maxed Carl Anthony Towns, which is wild in itself. I would not have done that. But they're the Timberwolves. They just want to be competitive. They just want to kind of hang around. That was kind of the point of this trade, right? Yeah. And um, so the uh, hold on one second. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, so so they're the Timberwolves. They just want to hang around. They want to compete. That was the point of this trade to make them a bit more of a competitor in the Western Conference. So you can go of you. You really have limited lanes to improve the team if this doesn't work. The one thing that Nets fans threw out to me and people tweeted at me was, what about a D-Lo for Kyrie Swap? Man. I mean... Yes, boy. Oh, man. Bring in Kyrie. <laughs> if, you're, if your team has bad vibes, the one thing you want to do is go get Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I mean, that's like really testing out the... Are there a, is there a floor on bad vibes? Like, oh man, that's so bad. I mean, I don't hey, know. Let... Our young guys were uh, grew up around Kyrie and seemed to have done all right, even though it was him. Oh yeah, leaving, you know. So who knows? Yeah, no, Jalen Brown's totally great. He and hasn't been affected every... at all. But yeah, go, go check his likes on vaccine stuff. Um, <laughs> Speaking of, someone just brought up the anti-vaxxer with cat. Probably not a good mix. Yeah. yeah oh a good yeah. Point. Very bad. It's a yeah. very good point. Yeah. I can't do that. So yeah, yeah. I that's, that's what I'm saying. Like there's just not that many a lot of people just like like their teams right now. Like, do you go all in? Like fuck. Uh, that's bleak, but do you trade do you trade cat for Russell Westbrook and the two Lakers picks? <laughs> like that's so bleak, but like So Zach Lowe said kind of Bill Simmons said the said basically something along those lines. Yeah, which is why you you you're probably going to end up having to trade cat to get out of this mess because then you can recoup some of the draft pick value, yeah. some of the stuff you lost in the in the in the trade with the Jazz, and then you can just try to rework it around Rudy and Ant and if D'Lo's still there, I don't know if D'Lo's still around, or whatever. 
But the, the younger guys on that team, Jordan McLaughlin, who the teams actually played better with Jordan McLaughlin than they have with D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to reconfigure. Zach Lowe had the opposite take, which was don't have, do a second fuck up to make up for your first fuck up, basically. Yeah, no, that's and true. Stick with the stick with it for a little bit. See how it goes. Yeah. Reevaluate when you get around the trade deadline, because as much as it might seem like you can't get anything back for D'Angelo Russell right now, I don't like. I don't think the Lakers would trade Russell Westbrook in one of and even one of those picks for D'Angelo Russell. But you're you're hoping for some sort of situation like that where you're getting back a. You know, you're getting back some bad money and you're maybe recouping some assets or you're taking on longer money, like I said earlier. And that really seems to be the only way that they would be able to actually improve the roster with its current core. As I said before, personally, I wouldn't have extended Carl Anthony Towns. I would have looked to trade Carl Anthony Towns and then pivoted and rebuilt around Anthony Edwards, which I said on Chucking Darts, which I'm mad I didn't say it on my own podcast. But I went on chucking darts and I was basically like, if I were them, I would have just said, let's go the opposite direction. Instead mm-hmm. of pushing in all the chips for a player we don't even know is going to fit with our guys, give up all of our draft capital, give up some young players. Jared Vanderbilt looks fantastic with the Jazz right now. Giving up every ounce of flexibility we have. Let's figure out what Anthony Edwards is first. And let's go the opposite direction. Let's trade Carl Anthony Towns for maybe someone that fits Ant's timeline a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then bring in even more picks and prospects. And then if there's a real superstar that becomes available and maybe he's friends with them or he fits along that t- age timeline with them, like, I don't know, maybe the guy that a few months later the Jazz traded and Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. that you can make that kind of move. And then you have a real young core moving forward. But instead, they went the opposite direction, and now uh, you know Bill Simmons is making up fake trades with Cat to the Knicks and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know Rudy Gobert in twenty five, twenty six has a forty six million dollar player option. Oh my god, how old is he going to be? Thirty five. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. He's thirty. Well, okay, wait, hold on. Never mind. He's age thirty right now. So. 30, he turns 31, turn 32, he'll be turned 34. So he'll be his 34 season. Or he'll turn 34. That's not good. Yeah, I don't love that. I mean, look, I, I kind of agree with Zach Lowe in this. Like, I mean, you're fucked. Like, what just might as well, like, see. But, you know, that's the old, the old saying, though, is everything, like, things change quick in the NBA. Like, this happens all the time. Like, if we go back to where my team was at this time last year, there was a lot of people being like, you've got to trade Jalen Brown. You've got to, like, sure. on, like, you're going to waste Jason Tatum's prime. Like, the, the clock is ticking. Like, you can't keep doing this. You were – you flamed out in the first round. Now your team's, like, under 500. What the fuck is this? You know, given – I don't think that they don't I, – I don't think they have quite the resiliency of this the Celtics team. Uh, but – but I but there's just a larger point here about just you know tough it out you know what I'm saying panic moves always hurt you in the NBA almost always like I would not do anything drastic at least for a year honestly I honestly probably would I no matter how bad it looks I probably wouldn't even would do, even do anything at the deadline to be honest like 
Yeah, I mean, really, what is what are changing your fortunes this year? The only reason that you would make a trade is because that D'Lo contract is expiring, and if you don't plan on bringing him back, you might as well get get something for him. You might as well get uh, a contract that you can trade at a later date, a role player that fits better, maybe someone, and you could just move Jordan McLaughlin in with the starters. And that works a little bit better. But also, he's friends with Carl Anthony Towns. If you want to keep Carl Anthony Towns and keep him happy, that's part of it. But all of this basically comes back to how good is Anthony Edwards going to be, which is the thing that we've debated on. Is he going to be an all-star? Is he going to be an all-NBA guy? Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Like, he has a lot of different paths that he could go down. And if he does become that all-NBA player then patience is the best thing to do here. But the reason why I hated this trade from the jump was because we didn't know what he was yet. And because of that, we didn't know exactly what kind of players would fit best around him instead of making an all-in type move to... Like, when I went back and I re-listened to our podcast from the night of that, we were all like... We were like, we don't really like it, but at least these picks aren't going to be bad right away. And now we're looking at it like they actually might be pretty good. They might be pretty good for the jazz right away. Like they, they might end up being like top 20 picks. And, and if they're top, if they might even be higher, who knows? Like, like the vibes are so miserable right now. And part of this is Darius Garland having a, a heater at the end of the game the other night where he made like fucking 10 threes. But I watched some of that game and I was like, oh, this game's over. I turned it off and they almost blew like a 25 point lead against the Cavs, against a shorthanded Cavs team. And that I was just like, this team has no sort of like connectedness. They seem kind of all over the place. Like if you're blowing those massive leads if you're struggling this hard out of the gate, after we record this, they'll probably win like seven in a row because yeah. that's what happened. Like the Heat have won three in a row now. Like this is always what happens when we do a pack on a team. The Warriors, the war when we did the Warriors pack on the last episode, they they blew out the Spurs by like forty points that night. Uh, yeah, but that's the Spurs. I mean, it is the Spurs. Yeah, but, yes. But they still they haven't had one of those wins all season. That was the, that was yeah. the point. But 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 the whole thing here is why you shouldn't have made this trade in the first place and why I think what is eventually going to happen is they'll have a, a a middling to down year and then they'll reevaluate next offseason and Carl Anthony Towns is either going to ask for a trade because the vibes are so bad or they're going to have to trade Carl Anthony Towns just to reconfigure around Anthony Edwards and now you have, I don't know, maybe Ants looking around and going, what the fuck happened? Why did you trade for this guy why did you trade everything that we had for this guy? We're not going to get free agents. We're not, like we don't have draft picks to even fall back on. It, it just feels like this reactionary move to them like having some sort of playoff success could doom them for the really the beginning to start of Ant's prime because he's twenty one right now. Yeah, and we would imagine that he re ups on his next contract, and like by the end of this rookie deal he's like uh, gobert's gonna be making 50 million dollars a year <laughs> like crazy it's insane it's crazy it's a it's a bummer it's a bummer i i really feel bad i 
I hope they like turn it around somehow. Like I said, stuff changes in the NBA. Like they might figure it out, might start piecing some stuff together, you know, so that they might, but now they're stuck doing the Miami heat thing. Like, you know, like you've got to just pray that you hit on these end of the bench guys and you get a guy who could like hit some threes or be a useful player. And it just doesn't seem like the, the wolves have ever been really been that good at that. I don't ever remember them really having success with that given they haven't really had a good team for a while, so they haven't really needed to, but... Well, I mean, I think that they've been fine in it recently with, like, Jordan McLaughlin, with Jaden McDaniels, with Nas Reed, uh, just getting guys who are undrafted late first, early second, those kind of picks that, like, you're, like, you'll still have your swaps, uh... I I think they only did one swap in the trade, if I remember correctly, so, like, you'll still have picks on the off years... I think so. Uh, no, oh, it was that that was the Donovan Mitchell trade that was everything. Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do swaps. So, okay. but but they 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 might have some way to kind of re- recoup on that. Do like you said, do the Miami Heat thing where you never have picks and you're just finding guys off the scrap heap and then developing them in house. But the the front office that did that was the last one. This one has not had experience doing that. Denver didn't really have much experience with that. All of Denver's good picks were first round picks. They were, you know, guys that that although well, I was gonna except, say, except for the greatest one ever. Round pick, I would say. One for the, quite good one. But even if you interview Tim Conley, he's yeah. has said multiple times on the record, yeah, we basically just got lucky. Like it's not – they're not even trying to light years at, like, the Warriors. Like, I actually think that they had some decent late first-round picks. Like Malik Beasley, who he traded immediately when he got to Minnesota, to Utah. And he's been a fine role player for a guy that went with, like, the 20, 21st pick or wherever he went. So, I'm not saying that they're completely fucked. But the, the margin for error, the things you have to hit on on the margins now – feel extremely important, like you said, because unless Ant becomes that super duper star or Cat wants to go somewhere and you can get back a really good haul for him because teams aren't scared off by his contract and his playoff failures, which I think they'll they'll be able to talk themselves into Cat because he is a very, very good talent and still pretty young. Or one of the younger guys that you currently have on the roster, Jaden McDaniels, he gave basically everyone else away, Jordan McLaughlin, they also become better than they currently are, and you can kind of rebound from there. But no, it's pretty grim in Minnesota right now. I, I think that the, I think that the the vibes being so bad this this early is just a terrible start. And like, I just don't. I once again, I just don't see a way that you can really overcome a mistake like this. Like Bill Simmons has been saying it on his podcast. Like this could go down as one of the worst trades in the history of sports. Like it's it is teetering in that direction. I really do think it is. I don't think this is being reactionary. Can I, can I tell you? So uh, in 2024-25, they have $97 million committed for that year. You want to take a guess at who the four players that are under contract for that $97 million in two years? Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. Rudy Gobert. Yes. Anthony Edwards. No, <laughs> that's not including Anthony Edwards. Oh, because he hasn't even extended on his max. Yeah, yeah. So Torian Prince. Nope. It is Josh Minot and Wendell Moore Jr. are the other two guys on that team. 
Yeah, that's tough. $92 million without your guy who's the future of your team in two years. Just you're starting from that position. Well, so that's, I, I forgot about Wendell Moore and Josh Minot because if those two, if they, if, if they're guys, then you might be fine. But if they're not guys, you're once again, relying heavily on these, on these margin moves and they relate first round picks, early second round picks. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It looks, looks pretty bad to me. 96 million, basically all to Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Like Carl Anthony Towns just signed a super max. Yeah, like literally 92.2 just starting. That's two roster spots, not including your, your max guy. Like, unless something goes horribly wrong, Anthony Edwards is getting bags. That's 36 million or whatever it is. So then boom, you are at the you're at the salary cap. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Well, people keep saying that the cap is going up, the cap spike. Okay, well, let's see how the TV negotiations go first. Because that is a big part of it. Right now either, huh? Yeah. TNT's yeah. like, we're good. We're not paying fucking ninety billion dollars to have the rights to NBA games. Like, we're just not gonna do that. So we'll see. Although they they might be just bluffing because I'm pretty sure they just signed a ten year extension with Charles Barkley and the whole TNT crew. So it would be funny if they just lost the rights to the NBA games, but they still had Charles Barkley and Shaq and them around. <laughs> Inside the NBA, they were doing like recaps of like claws or uh, like, like, like or bones. Like they were just recapping old bones episodes. <laughs> Kenny is like running up to the monitor to like show. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. Angel. What's Angel's name? The the actor. Uh, David Boreal. David Boreal. Yes. Yeah. She yes. got Kenny. Philadelphia did, legend. Where David Boreanaz had a good smolder at. Uh, Emily Deschanel. He's sprinting over to the stream. <laughs> you know, one time my girlfriend caught that segment where Shaq and Kenny sprint over. Or is it Charles Barkley and Kenny, I think? I think well, I think it's, I've seen Shaq and Kenny, but maybe. Yeah. maybe yeah. It might be Shaq and Kenny where they sprint over to the screen and see who can touch it first. And she was like, this is the greatest thing you've ever watched. Why don't you watch this more up? I'm like, this is why Inside the NBA is popular. Yeah. Because they're literally just sprinting. They're all just sitting there, just and then they sprint over to the screen. She was like, "This is better than any basketball game you've ever showed me." Yeah, it's true. She knows ball. She does. She knows. She knows television. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Uh-huh. Okay, so Timberwolves. Timberwolves are cooked. My prediction this season: they probably go to the plan. I think they lose in the plan. To be honest. Okay. I, I had I and once again I talked myself into this team. I had them as the two seed. I'm taking the L on that. I think they end up in the play and I think they lose in the play in. And I think that after the season they trade Carl Anthony Towns probably to the Knicks or one of those teams that's like desperate to get a star. Okay. I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm going to say that they end up the eighth seed and they do make the playoffs. They they vanquish the Golden State Warriors in the 8-10 matchup. You're ridiculous. That's not even how the play-in tournament works. No, it won't It won't be the word. That's absurd. It's the Grizzlies. It's the Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. Let's not be ridiculous. No, I mean, I, I, I do think, I think, I still think the Wolves will make the playoffs. I think you can only be this bad for so long. I think they'll figure some stuff out. I think they do have a lot of talent there. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm giving Chris Finch too much credit, but I think he's a good coach, and I think he will figure something out here eventually. But 
Maybe I'll be wrong. I'm not giving right. up on the Wolves yet. As them being a top four seed, uh, I, I'm certainly giving up the ghost on, but I still think they can make the playoffs. That's where I got them. Now. Okay. <laughs> well, right now they're the 10 seed. They and ahead of them, they have the Clippers, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. And then I, I think the Jazz are – I mean, look, we'll talk about the Jazz in a little bit. We're about to start actually right now. But the Jazz, right now, they're on a three-game losing streak. They are down to 10-6 and six now. I don't think that – that like some teams ahead of them or some teams below them, like the Warriors are just below the Timberwolves in the standings right now. The Warriors are going to go in the opposite direction, as we talked about on the last episode, where they're going to be making trades to try to get better, I think, in the middle of the season. I think that the teams that most of the teams ahead of them are going to do the same thing, except for the Jazz. Whereas I feel like the Jazz eventually, as fun as it's been, I don't think that it's sustainable to the point where they're going to make the playoffs. I think that they might be in the play and maybe as like the 10 seed or something, Mm -hmm. just because I think there are a few teams that are going to realize at a certain point, it might be better to tank uh, and potentially get a shot at Webb and Yaba if they even have their pick. But uh, I guess that is the issue. Oklahoma City has everyone's pick, which we'll also talk about uh, right now. If you're subscribed to the You Know Ball Patreon, you will be able to listen to this part. But uh, but yeah, so right now it's, it's way too early to really make any grand assumptions about who's going to be in the playoffs, who's not going to be. But I I still think they end up in that play-in range in terms of record. And once you get in there, like, they're probably going to be playing against the Kings and the Grizzlies, who they played well against last year, even though it was a different team, or one of these teams from this range. And I do think that in a one-game series, they still do have a lot of – they have a lot of talent. And I think that event, ultimately what matters in those play-in games or whoever has the most talent usually ends up winning them. So, yeah. Hey, so if you enjoyed this clip, please sign up for the You Know Ball Patreon. The link is in the description, and you can get access to this entire episode plus an extra episode every single week. On the second half of this episode, we argued the merits of tanking versus competitive rebuilding. I argued for tanking. Sam argued for competitive rebuilding. We had a lot of fun with that one. And then also, in addition to that, you'll get access to the Discord, and it's as little as $5 a month. So please sign up today if you are able to. I would really appreciate it. Thanks.